you're entering an area in the vicinity of a location, <laughs> the kind of place where there might be a monster or some kind of weird mirror. These are just examples. It could also be something much better. Prepare to enter the podcast of tomorrow. Ah, oh, I would so much prefer to do this every time. <laughs> anyway, I am Lindsay Wilson. We are Futurama Podcast. Today, talking about Season 2, Episode 7, Ahead in the Polls. But before all that, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Alex Koontz. Alex, what'd you think? That was incredible. I fully endorse you switching to that. I would love to mm-hmm. see your, like, increasing level of panic as you have to, like, describe <laughs> more vague, spooky objects every time and be like, oh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> but yes, incredible. Yeah, no, I loved it. <laughs> it's like this is the tone that is much more in keeping with the way I behave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, Lindsay tone is much more a Twilight Zone narrator as opposed to like manic. Welcome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the difference between you and Jeremy. <laughs> Honestly, he texted me recently to be like, "You're getting much better at the like enthusiasm required for this," and I'm still not very comfortable. So, anyway, Alex, how have you been? <laughs> I'm good. It's been a while. It's been like two or three weeks since we recorded. Yeah, things have been good. I listened to your great interview with the creator of BoJack, which was super, super exciting. Yes, that was so much fun. After you and I talked, I guess, right after we had spoken to him. So very exciting. Yes, that was really, really fun. He was so nice and so generous at this time. I can't believe you talked to us for like an hour. I've decided we're all just friends. Yeah. But yeah, very cool. Very, very fun. And thank you for listening. Do you think there are any Futurama people that we can start pestering and bugging? Well, once we get that cameo, I have to think that they'll come on, right? The cameo will certainly help or maybe maybe hurt. (laughs) I do do wonder with the new... Who picked it up? Hulu? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. With the new Hulu stuff, I wonder if they will go into like big like interview campaign mode and you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that a rob oliver type might be interested in what we're saying a rob oliver type exactly right yeah i do want to acknowledge that even though i am back where i normally record from we do have someone sawing through a sidewalk outside my window so if anyone can hear that know that it bothers me too (laughs) has been bothering you all day Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I think it should be fine. I close my window. I'm sitting in a very hot room with my window closed so as to minimize the noise, but I can definitely still hear it and have my noise canceling headphones on. So I'm sure it's coming through a little bit. What were the highs and lows of your trip back home? Jeez, apart from that interview. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, screw you, family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly. I think the low is not seeing Jeremy. That was really disappointing. Yeah. That's a bummer. I have to say, but hi, yeah, I guess just like seeing Hazel, hanging out with the family. Great listener, spent, Hazel. That's right. Spent a lot of time down by the water. So that was nice. Nice. Yeah. It was all very stock answers. How about yeah. you? How was your summer? Summer's fine. I'm going to four consecutive movies over the next four days, really <laughs> abusing the, the movie pass. So we're going mm-hmm. to Elvis, which I'm not that excited about. I'm interested, um, though. I know you hate music, but I'm interested. I do in hate music. Is. I have not seen any of the other music biopics, like the Elton John one, or mm-hmm. they all Freddie seem... Mercury. I, yeah, the Freddie Mercury one. They all seem identical to me, and I, I have very little interest. So. <laughs> Those two movies were so different from one another. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, the, like, um, all doing the same thing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> right. But I was surprised because I had seen Bohemian Rhapsody and enjoyed it. Thought it was fine. But mm-hmm. the Elton John one I went to see right after because they came out very close together, I think. Yeah. So I went and saw that one. And that one is just like a straight up musical. Oh, interesting. <laughs> which I didn't like as much, to be yeah. honest. The Freddie Mercury one is just like a biopic. And then they like are producing the songs in the movie. And this is like, sure. he's a small child 
being neglected or whatever. And he's like, and so he starts man. singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the difference between between him and me is that as a small child, I was not running around composing songs. <laughs> or singing about your neglect. Yeah. yeah. So I'm seeing that. I'm seeing Spirited Away, which I'm excited about. Yeah, fun. Um, Did you see, have you seen it before? I, ha- I have seen it, but good excuse to go see it in theaters. Jurassic World, which will be dumb, mm-hmm. but I didn't, yeah. I never saw it when it <laughs> cost money. So now I You're a Jurassic Park guy? Money. I love Jurassic Park. Good, good. Yeah, okay. yeah. We were going to uh, have slight beef if you weren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Just seeing movies. What was the fourth one? Fourth three? one is, I don't even know what it's titled. It's John Boyega plays a bank robber who has, you know, justification for being a bank robber. And we <laughs> his character and he's, you know, it's emotional or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, it's that guy. Yes. Okay. I'm familiar. Yeah. Interesting. I'm looking on IMDb, which famously Raphael Bob Waksberg says that we shouldn't use. Is not. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was blown away by that. Yeah, truly incredible. Is it perhaps called Breaking? Yes, it is Breaking. Mm-hmm. So. Well, IMDb got that one right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what now? <laughs> no one tell him. <laughs> yes, wonderful. I also wanted to note that I was listening to a Robin Akiva Need a Podcast episode recently where I texted you, Alex, that they used our bit. Oh, our bit of what are we going to do in the in the week between like when this podcast comes out and when we're That's right. recording again. Yeah. So they had recorded and they were like, the next time we speak on the same episode will be tomorrow. What do you think you're going to have done in the next day? And I was like, oh my God, that's our thing. So yeah. I don't think they listen, but it means it's a good bit. <laughs> Surely not. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good fit. We'll have to reuse it. We're just doing one episode recording this week, but I think the next week when we record, we're doing two. So we can look forward to that. That amazing yes. bit that will last 30 seconds. <laughs> Everyone's favorite bit. <laughs> yeah, I was talking last night on a different podcast to Kevin Mahadeo, who has expressed oh. some interest in coming on our podcast. Oh, that'd be fun. Yes, he was surprised to hear that we had a Futurama podcast. And I said, clearly, you are not one of our 70 listeners. <laughs> yeah, what were you talking to him about? That was on What We Do in the Shadows. Nice. Any thoughts before we do this episode or you want to jump right in? Let's jump into it. I'm sure people are ready for us to jump into it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. At this point yeah. in the episode. Yeah. Okay. So big picture. What did you think of this? Because I have some feelings about it. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't have like super strong feelings other than it's a very political episode. I had like mm. light feelings of like, oh, how quaint everything was That's like all. back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. I mean... I guess it will be interesting to see in the reboot if they, I, I don't know how prominent Nixon and the rest of the Hall of Presidents and the president heads, and how much they continue to reuse those characters. But I feel like kind of a hot stove that they should probably not touch in the <laughs> reboot. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It came off as very quaint, especially when they're like, oh, this debate is so boring because all they oh do is say God. that they respect each other. And I was just like, yeah. mm-hmm. like excuse me. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like literally yeah. four four presidential cycles later, and it's like an absolute mess. <laughs> Honestly, like the idea that this could be relatable content like 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Do they use do they use Nixon more? Yes, Nixon is now here to stay. Okay. And yep. Do you know if they use him in like the most modern of episodes or are you not as familiar with those? Yeah, I can't remember. I know he's around for a lot of the original run. You had asked me at one point if there is like a president who's going to replace McNeil. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. But yes, it is Richard Nixon. (laughs) Poor McNeil. Yeah. How do we feel about Nixon being here? Do you feel like this works? I so to me, Nixon is in the same category as OJ. And (laughs) what's the ice skater? I, Tonya. 
Oh yeah, Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. So they're in the, it's those three people. It's OJ, it's Nixon, and it's Tanya Harding. Of things that happened slightly before I was born that the media loved like making jokes about in sitcoms, and I like never really knew their deal. <laughs> These all happened at very different times. <laughs> I think Tanya Harding was after you were born. <laughs> but like, you know, when I was like two. You would have been quite little, I guess. Yeah, I suppose Nixon was was well before our time. Well before, yeah, I think. So yeah. OJ Simpson, 1995. And then Tony Harding, I want to say like 94, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get your point. I'm just being pedantic, but yeah. <laughs> but, but either way, it's these are like cultural events that I knew were like full of scandal, but I never mm-hmm. really understood what it was that was scandalous about it. Frankly, I still don't even really know the deal with Nixon. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not quite sure the the minutia of like Watergate and like all of the details and all and all of the the scandal. Yeah, it's funny because I I feel like of those three things you named, Watergate is pretty much the only one that I haven't done like an intense deep dive into largely through the podcasting of Sarah Marshall on You're Wrong About. Like she did all those episodes about OJ and then she did a bunch of episodes about Tanya Harding and she has like an incredible article about it. So I was like, I feel like I'm very aware of those two. But Watergate, I'm like, yeah, he was like spying on the DNC. Right, there's some like tape recorder. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like at the Watergate. It took a long time for me to realize because obviously I not being American and hearing about this as a child, I didn't know what Watergate meant. I was like, it's called this and I don't know why. Like it must have something to do with like a dam perhaps or like. Right. Well, and then the, the, the co-opting of, you know, X gate. Exactly. uh, Of it, like, yeah, of it not being a hotel, but being the thing that happens. (laughs) It must be some kind of like public works project or something. (laughs) Yeah. Some sort of hydroelectric. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it's just the name of the hotel. But yeah, to your yeah. point, then it becomes everything of like, whatever gate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, so, yeah, so in, in general, I think I am kind of annoyed whenever, whenever they're like, I'm kind of annoyed with OJ stories or Tony mm-hmm. Harding stories or Richard Nixon stories, because it feels like I'm not included where it feels like it's right. <laughs> people who were making media in the like 80s and 90s were like really obsessed with this stuff. And I just like don't know what it's about. And I'm sure that there are like millennial versions of that where I I don't even know what it would be. But something that Gen Z can't relate to. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm just generally a little bit annoyed because it just feels like this is boomers writing content and I'm left. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting. But I I think I agree with you where I don't have the same Nixon appeal, I guess, or this is meaningless to me, but I don't know. I think it's kind of fun that they really lean into the Nixon voice and are going to make him a prominent figure. So yeah, I I also I liked the Hall of Presidents and like getting to see all those presidents. They reminded me of two bad neighbors from The Simpsons of like, there's just an episode where we're going to have a president be like a character and... Yeah. Probably the same voice, I bet. Yeah. Um, yes. So the episode opens with from the makers of Futurama is our intro text. And then did you write down your guess for the cartoon? This one was very odd. So yeah. my deciphering of it was it looked like they were like stitching together some ground and there was a weird yep. jumping cat next to it. Yes, exactly right. So I wrote sewing cat question mark. And yeah. boy, have I got some information for you, Alex. Hey, boop corner. Boop, there it is. So this is called Coco Needles the Boss. And so when I first read this, I was like, uh, I read it as Coco Needles is a boss. <laughs> yeah, sure. But in fact, it's just like he's needling him. Anyway. So- oh, Coco Needles the Boss. Exactly. He is needling the boss, I see. The boss, that's right. Yes, see, yeah. it's tricky. So it's, a, it's the result of three short experimental films that Max Fleischer independently produced to demonstrate his invention, the rotoscope. 
which oh. allows you to achieve realistic movement for animated cartoons. And so there's a lot of stuff here, but his ma- main character was named Coco the Clown. And they did a whole bunch of stuff. Seems like there were like a zillion of these little episodes. But the thing that is most interesting to us is that after a while, they retired Coco, and then he appeared as a supporting character in what program, Alex? Coco the Clown. Uh, comes back to appear in our flagship production, <laughs> our right, mascot. So, what? Oh, Krusty? <laughs> Betty Boob. <laughs> oh, Betty Boob. Oh, my God. <laughs> the the Boob cinematic universe just keeps expanding. Exactly. The eponymous <laughs> Boob Corner. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, joined by Betty Boop. That's right. Coco's last theatrical appearance was in the Betty Boop cartoon, Ha Ha Ha, from 1934. Ha 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 Ha. Ha Ha Ha. So, yes, it was a true Boop Corner today, even if slightly tangentially. We should rename the podcast a Ha Ha Ha. It's like, uh, it's like <laughs> saying uh, this idea is a great idea. You just say exactly. this podcast is funny. It's, titled it's like ha, providing ha, ha. a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the episode opens up as as I alluded to at the beginning. It's the first mention of the scary door, which is basically yes. the Twilight Zone. I think they they do something like this in the Twilight Zone, right? Where they have the guy who's like, I'm the last man on earth and now I can't read. I don't know. I'm not well versed in Twilight Zone. I've seen like the yeah. uh, once the Simpsons parody of the yes. the gremlin on the side of the plane with with Shatner, but that's the only one I've seen, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, this one I think is based on something real, but I, I just love the voice in all of this. It's, like, prepare to enter the scary door. Per yeah. your request, please find enclosed. The last man. The last man. On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's the yeah. guy, he's with all these books. He's like, at last, I can read for all eternity. And then his glasses break. And then he's like, well, at least I can read the large print. And then his eyes fall out. And then he's like, well, at least I can read Braille. And then his hands fall off. And then his head falls off. And then he goes, hey, look at that weird mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that Bender says that he's cursed by his own hubris, which is a very <laughs> like 2010 reading of Breaking Bad of like all the internet <laughs> douches are, are have that exact read on uh, on hubris. TV. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did this play, so I was obviously, as mentioned, uh, very involved in the theater when I was in high school and beyond. And we did this play, it was for this one-act play festival, and I'm pretty sure, I can't even remember what it was called, I think it might have been called like Spar or something like that, and it stood for something, but I can't remember what it was. But there was this very weird scene, and it went after one of these characters who got some comeuppance, and they were like chanting at the character, like, it was your hubris, hubris, (laughs) hubris. What high school child even knows what this word means? Like, why is this in here? (laughs) Do you have any recollection? of what the acronym for SPAR was? No, I can't. Uh, Let's Google it. Okay. (laughs) Some live Googling. Written by the Mysterious Man. Contest of wills between author and character. That sounds right. I'd like to to know that there are seven Google results for this. Uh, (laughs) Maybe eight. (laughs) I've got a lot. SPAR by Stephen Gerg. He proves he's their maker by predicting the future, twisting reality, and finally showing them the audience. Play becomes a contest of wills between author and character. Why do I remember that it was called that? <laughs> okay, here is abbreviations.com. What does SPAR stand for? There's like 20 entries. So maybe we could guess. Single point for activities and recreation. <laughs> is that relevant at all? Mm, no. Serving people and animals right? No. <laughs> Steven's play about Renata? That could be it. Oh, that's exactly what it is. That's 100% wow. what it is. Yep. Because the character's name is Renata. Yep. Great. Nailed it. <laughs> By Stephen Craig. And he wrote himself into it. Oh, yeah. incredible. The titular Stephen Craig. Yes. And at one point, they start chanting a bit hubris in there. So if anyone has ever seen this play, please reach out. If any of the 70 of you <laughs> have seen this. 
Oh, God. Very, sorry for that digression. Very good. <laughs> they, Fry and Bender are watching TV, and Layla's like, hey, there's a debate on. We got to change the channel. And very good line from Bender. He says, that's what Fry said when we turned on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a debate between Jack Johnson and John Jackson. And mm-hmm. this surely must have been before the rise of prolific, Jack folky, <laughs> uh, curious George adjacent uh, Jack Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Troubadour Jack Johnson. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I like Jack Johnson quite a bit, but yeah. don't have a strong feeling about him. I'm surprised you're aware of him, given your known he hatred was, of music. He was like one of the like... 11 artists on my ipod in you know in like 2006 where it was just Mm -hmm. like we had one of his cds lying around so do you remember anyone else who would have been on the list i like borrowed a lot of cds from my friend jeff who i went to the the john fogarty (laughs) concert with (laughs) with his dad so it was like the who the doors yeah This debate is very much where we get what I consider to be the most drastic shift, where it's them talking about like, oh, I respect my opponent. I think he's a good man. But quite frankly, I agree with everything he just said. Yeah, I guess this is what the debates used to be like. Do you have any strong memories of like, did you watch Obama, Romney or like any of the other debates? I didn't. I would have been like in grade 12 or something that was happening and definitely wasn't that engaged i remember having a few i had a barack obama pin in 2008 like i thought he should probably win but that was about the extent of my american political opinions back then but i did for this most recent election i sat down to watch the debate and got like five minutes into it and i was like wait a minute i don't have to watch this yeah (laughs) i don't have to feel like this (laughs) so yeah no, no not for me i remember so I don't remember the 2008 Obama debates. I remember 2012. And that was like, maybe you, you could sense like the first inklings of like social media ruining all of this and everything, mm-hmm. everyone being horrible and toxic. Because that was like, I don't remember if you remember the quote of the binders full of women, where oh, yeah. Romney says like, oh, we have like binders full of women, <laughs> like whatever. And and I would just remember like the debate becoming such a meme because of that mm-hmm. quote and very different from what they're doing here in Futurama of just being very boring and agreeing with each other and saying nothing controversial. I remember after that bind yourself of women thing, that was that's one of the biggest standout moments in my life where I can remember being mad for not thinking of a joke first, where I saw <laughs> someone tweet, if you like it, then you should have put three rings on it. <laughs> wow, you thought of that independently and then you saw us? I would, I would never have thought no, of that joke. No, no, I didn't. I just saw it and was like, oh, I wish I had come up with oh, that. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all the single ladies. Anyway, incredible. Yeah. Fry also notes here, not only is he not registered to vote, he's also not vaccinated. Also a hot topic in this moment. Yes, very, very, like kind of out of nowhere too. Like an odd thing for him to be talking about when vaccinations weren't presumably politicized. That's the thing. I think there's a bit of like, only someone as wacky as Fry would be neither yeah. vaccinated nor voting. Like it's really <laughs> right. funny. And it's just like, oh my God, like this guy has does not have his shit together. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Fry is like, oh, one vote's never made a difference before. And Leela tells him that, in fact, it has. And even though it won't this time, she's still making him get registered. Great line from the professor. Fry's like, when did you start caring about voting? It's like, the very instant I became old. Yes. <laughs> very much tracks. I like that the the race in which one vote mattered was when the first robot president was elected, which was John Quincy adding machine. Yes. <laughs> I like when they make these jokes like that, where it's like so... Like, inelegant, I guess. Is Lab- the- <laughs> laborious, yeah. 
Yes, exactly. So Fry sort of explores around the idea of a third party, one of which is the brain slug party, and their entire platform is that they're just going to like put brain slugs on everyone. Later, we see Hermes with a brain slug. (laughs) Yeah, RIP Hermes, just completely, completely zapped. I really like the green party is just a bunch of different green aliens. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a voter apathy party, and Fry's yeah. like, "Sign me up." He's like, "Well, not with that attitude." He's like, "Ah, oh, forget the whole thing." He's like, "You're in." So yeah, so, yeah. Hard to know what to do with these guys. More relevant modern day topics with the National Raygun Association mm-hmm. and talking about the three day waiting period for mad scientists. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has um, to secure his his right to bear doomsday devices. And like, if they take <laughs> away his rights, then tomorrow it's the mad grad student. And where does it end? Yeah, having a very casual vial of mutated anthrax for duck hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Very tough. Yeah. So then we are going to see that there is a mining disaster on Titan, which has made the price of titanium go up. And this mine incident has trapped a thousand robots. They will be dead within the next 300 years. And the plan is basically just to like pave over the area. (laughs) I will say back to the NRA briefly, Mm -hmm. I will say that I appreciate that they very much make him look like an idiot where like when we always complain about the Simpsons and even in the Simpsons episode where they get a gun, which I think is a pretty good episode. Like that Mm -hmm. is like... Homer is very pro-gun, like pro-NRA. And maybe that was like a little bit before this episode. I'm not quite sure on the timeline of those. But this episode, the way that they handle the NRA in politics is like what I wish Modern Simpsons would do of Mm -hmm. just like be straight up making fun of the NRA and like, don't make your position clear. Yeah, yeah. Like don't code it in a bunch of satire. Just make it very clear that they're idiots. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So Bender decides because the price of titanium is up that he's going to sell his body because he's like 40% titanium or something. And so he gets all this money and he's just ahead with like a bunch of cash in his mouth. I really thought (laughs) that they were going to steal his cash. (laughs) (laughs) What comes up and tries to tries to take it like a dog? Yes, a dog comes and pees on him. And then at one point, someone's walking by and then he's just like little help. And the person just like kicks him into the Planet Express office. But I really thought someone would just like take the money. And then he'd be like, oh, no, I've made a huge mistake. Poor Bender. Yeah, he's just ahead. And Fry's like, you look different. Did you get a haircut? Yeah, good amount of like, Bender is just ahead jokes. It's like kind of a montage Mm -hmm. of like, isn't this wacky that I'm just ahead? None of these really land. Like I really enjoyed the the political registering to vote conference of seeing all the different of like all the different jokes in that did not really enjoy like hey there's just a head and yeah yeah agreed it feels very like the less funny plot line yeah Bender's driving around in this little car and this clearly looked like a reference to something and i looked it up and it is from bobby's world classic <laughs> yes an american animated comedy children's television series which ran from 1990 to 1998 on the fox network <laughs> Bobby's World should have written himself into an acronym rather than calling it Bobby's World. (laughs) (laughs) BW. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, this is apparently created by Howie Mandel. Oh my god. It performs the voice of Bobby. What? (laughs) And his father, Howard Generic. (laughs) Can you imagine a a universe in which Bobby hosts Deal or No Deal? Honestly, right? (laughs) Hilarious. So I've never seen this show. I assume you haven't either. I've never heard of it. But, uh, no, it's on Prime Video, though, so. There you go. So Bender decides he's sick of these people, and he's going to go to the Head Museum, and he tries to, like, mix it up with all these famous heads. Good stuff from Claudia Schiffer's head, where she's like, I just did the Sports Illustrated swim cap edition. I didn't know who this was. I wrote down this was very dated. Very dated. She's a supermodel. Do you ever see Love Actually? Love Actually is 
Yes, that is Christmas. Liam Neeson, Hugh Grant, all those people. Yes, baby, baby Toman, not baby Toman, baby Jojen. Yes, Jojen Reed, exactly. Yes, Yes, Yes. I did see that. Yeah, she is in that as Liam Neeson. So he's with his like stepson, baby Jojen. And he's Mm -hmm. there was like a rule between him and his now dead wife, Jojen's mom, that the one person he was allowed to like remarry or whatever is claudia schiffer and then at the end of the movie he encounters a woman who looks exactly like claudia schiffer played by claudia schiffer wow yes like julia roberts (laughs) in oceans 12 that horrible horrible (laughs) plot line (laughs) yes so he goes to the hall of presidents and he's really schmoozing it up befriending george washington like they're just quickly becoming buddies yeah washington was apparently a drunk he hawked his teeth for booze money so i I guess that's why Bender (laughs) is getting along with him I love how he says it. He goes, like, same reason you sold your teeth. And he goes, ah, booze money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, they have Clinton being a creep. I think it's notable that they have George Bush just labeled as George Bush because there was no need to distinguish them at that time. (laughs) The Gerald Ford impression is great. I I Mm -hmm. like Gerald Ford in this. Yes, never felt voting to be all that essential to the process. Yeah, that must be some joke that I'm not aware of. I I didn't get what that was. Post-Nixon... Gerald Ford. Got it, over. got it, got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Didn't have to be voted in. I have always loved this bit, and I, I think my ex-boyfriend and I maybe used to do this bit. I feel like there was a person in my life who used to do this a lot, where Nixon's, like, talking about his body and how much he misses it, and he, he's like, yeah, it was, like, pasty white, and it was riddled with phlebitis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not jowly enough, but it was very funny. Yeah. Wow, I feel like we probably talked about this at one point on The Simpsons, but I would never have guessed the like things that you would latch onto and, and yeah. do with your, your loved ones. I know, honestly. Yeah, I force them to quote things with me. It's really all I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, Bender is struck by this because Nixon's like, oh, I really miss having a body. Like It was really nice, but it's a sad and lonely life just being ahead. And so Bender starts dreaming about trying to get his body back. Yeah, it's a nightmare where he uh, sees ones and zeros everywhere. and He th- thought he saw it too. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as two. Yeah. <laughs> so later on, they discover that Nixon is actually running for president of Earth, and he has managed to get through a loophole where they say, like, nobody can run more than twice. And he says, well, it's a new body. No body yeah. can, but I've got a new body. I don't know if that's in the Constitution or not. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the word nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Good stuff here where we discover as he says, I've got a new body. He comes around the corner and he's wearing Bender's body. Bender mm-hmm. goes, a dirty double crossing bastard. How dare you run off with Richard Nixon? <laughs> That's good. I really love that they cut back to Nixon playing the guitar and he says, I'm meeting you halfway, you stupid hippies. Uh-huh, he's playing some <laughs> Jefferson Airplane. That song. Do you know that song that he's singing? What, what is the song? It's called White What's Rabbit. I, I recognized it when he was playing it, but I... Mm-hmm. You know, I the one that's about it. Alice in Wonderland. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure The Simpsons uses it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and good stuff about I Am Not a Crook's Head also. So lots yes. of good Nixon stuff here, if you are aware of who the hell Richard Nixon is. If you don't know anything, I think probably a lot of this is not landing. Right. Yeah, which is like a little bit of what I'm speaking to. Of like, yeah. I know all of these because The Simpsons did it a million times. True. Like, no, no stake in I Am Not a Crook. Yeah, actually, my number one association with I Am Not a Crook is from Beavis and Butthead Do America, a film that I have shockingly seen Maybe more times than pretty much any other movie on the planet. (laughs) Interesting. I've never seen it. 
Yeah. Yesterday, I was told that the most on-brand thing about me is that I listen to This American Life, and I think maybe the least on-brand thing about me is that I have seen Beavis and Butthead do America like a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend were once called, we were at a like stand-up comedy show, and that was like in a, at a bar in Brooklyn, and we were like both wearing plaid, and it was like a small show, and so the comedian was like chatting with the audience and, and heckling us, and we got heckled by calling, by being called, yeah, you look very NPR right now. Of, oh my uh, god. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. A compliment if I've ever so, heard one. I, I, I took it as an insult. I, I don't listen to this American <laughs> life and, and I won't stand for it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you seem like you could, though. Um, yeah, I know. I, I mean, that was the exact heckle. Yeah. <laughs> that was the heckle. I was there, Lindsay. Yes, I understand. Yeah. yeah so they decide they're going to go to Washington to go get Bender's body back from Nixon. And first of all, they fly in, and the Clinton Monument is now bigger than the Washington Monument. <laughs> yes. Kind of funny. And then they go into the Watergate Hotel, and they're like, why would he stay here? And they're like, oh, you get a discount if you've been here more than once. A little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, they also have a funny scene of a debate where Richard Nixon is like debating with Jack Johnson and John Jackson. And it's like, Marvo demands an answer to the following question. If you saw a human child with candy, would you seize and consume it? <laughs> yeah, he, Nixon really schmoozes with Marvo. Uh, he asks how his family is doing. Marvo mm-hmm. says Marvo's family is belligerent and numerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says, good man. Nixon's pro-war and pro-family. Yeah. <laughs> And with response to the, would you seize and consume the candy? So he's like, may I remind you that you're like underneath a truth detector or whatever. And he goes, the question is vague. You don't say what kind of candy or whether anyone is watching. At any rate, I certainly wouldn't harm the child. It just goes off. (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me of Moe's truth detector of uh, his hot date. Very good. Yes. But so the humans are struggling with Richard Nixon and how he comes off as untrustworthy, but the robot contingent really likes him. Yes, they, they cut back down to like another monument in DC, which is of the 60th president. And it's just this alien sitting on a throne of skulls, which I really liked. <laughs> yes, very good. Also, yeah. so they decide they're going to break into his room at the Watergate. Leela is like pulling Fry and Bender up the wall. And they try to steal the body back without him waking up. But then Fry accidentally sets off the like tentacle <laughs> bed Thought activated tentacle bed. <laughs> yes, and that wakes him up. Yeah, I didn't really understand what that was, but I thought it was funny that it was a thought-activated tentacle. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> Leela is talking to Richard Nixon, and he's like, oh, "I'm going to be the president, and then I'm going to like attack you, and don't expect a pardon like that sissy Ford." And then Leela says, "Voters aren't the pea-brained idiots they were back in your time." And I just have written, "Oh, Leela." <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, although uh, they they do nail six percent voter voter turnout in this election. <laughs> Yes, exactly. They record Nixon saying horrible things. And that's how they get him to return the body where he's like, Oh, no, I don't like where this is going. Because they record him saying, I'll sell our children's organs to zoos for meat. And I'll go into people's (laughs) houses and wreck up the place. Yeah, just a a very crazy tirade. Mm -hmm. Which I'm glad they went that far. I'm glad that they just had him go like totally absurd. Yes, agreed. And so the episode basically ends where Leela and Fry both forgot to vote and Richard Dixon wins by one vote as a result. Yes, and he has a giant, like, Pacific Rim-style uh, <laughs> robot body. Uh-huh. Nixon's back! <laughs> yeah. Yes, and what's his name? Morpo says, like, congratulations to our gargantuan cyborg president. May death come quickly to his enemies. So, yeah, any final thoughts on Head in the Poles? Maybe I liked it more than I, I thought before. I at least enjoyed yeah. talking about it with you. Yes, yeah, yeah, fun to talk episode. through it. Yeah. Good stuff. Next week, we're talking about... An, oh, wait. Winners and losers. Who won this episode? It seems like Nixon, probably. <laughs> Nixon definitely won. I mean, he becomes president of the world. He gets a giant robot body. Losers. Do you have anyone? 
Oh, geez, not really. I mean, it seems like maybe it's Bender, but he does get his body back. Andy got to have all those good times with that money. So what about Hermes just gets brain brain slugged with no fanfare? Yeah, that's a good pick. I I endorse that. Maybe Leela for like having her faith in the process destroyed. Yeah, she never seemed that invested, honestly. Yeah, exactly right. Join the club. All of us are disenfranchised and (laughs) unhappy with the system. (laughs) Yes. All right. Next week, we're talking about an episode called Xmas Story. Alex, what do you think that might be about? I mean, this this has to be Robot Santa, which I remember liking quite a bit. I believe the deal with Robot Santa is that he is like evil and terrorizes people and Christmas is like this horrible ordeal. So I think that that's what is about to happen. Yeah, I think that's not a bad call, but I guess we'll have to come back next week and see if you were right. But in the meantime, any final thoughts, anything you want to plug, email address, any of that? Yeah, write into us at, what is it? It's podoftomorrow at gmail.com and at podoftomorrow. Give us reviews. Our begging did not do anything <laughs> the past couple of episodes. So what the heck? Yeah. We're going to continue to beg. Yeah, that's all I've got. What, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, tell your friends, honestly. Word of mouth. It's the way to get this out there. But uh, yes, I can be heard over on BoJack Horse Pod. We're still on a little bit of a break, but the most recent episode still is our wonderful interview with Raphael Bob Waksberg. Very soon, we will be talking about Toucan Birdie. And over on our Patreon, we're talking about 10 Things I Hate About You this week. So very, very fun. And then I'm also on What We Do in the Shadows with Grace Leader every week on Post Show Recaps. So check that out. We only have two weeks left. And very fun. What was your reaction to him talking about in that interview? He says, oh, I think you'll like Toucan Birdie, but you won't you won't like my other show. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like too spicy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I thought his reasoning was compelling where he basically was like, you won't enjoy talking about Undone because there are people doing bad things who are like kind of irredeemable. And it's funny because there was a moment where I was going to talk about it on post show recaps. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that ended up not happening. So I am now interested to see what I would think of that show. And I feel like Kirsten and I almost want to take it as a challenge. But it was very funny to me that he was like, good luck talking about Veep. <laughs> like, yeah. roasting from our yeah. it, it did make me think about, and this is like, I feel dumb having not thought about this before, but like, you know, we complain so much about The Simpsons, these unlikable characters, like... Mm-hmm whatever are they writing them unlikably intentionally for some reason where it's like you know hearing him say like oh this like unlikable characters do bad things it's Mm -hmm. like yeah a writer could write a character that way and maybe we're just the people that don't enjoy that but like i wonder if that's (laughs) what they're going for on the simpsons of like hey we're gonna make homer unlikable for some reason yeah that feels like too much credit (laughs) yeah Yeah. it feels like they go for a lot of like we're gonna make the stupid joke and yeah. that just sort of undermines their character becomes, a little bit. Becomes unlikable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right. anyway, yeah. So you can find me in those places. Join us next week where we're going to be talking about season two, episode eight, Xmas Story. So we'll see you then. Cool. Bye. Bye.